Welcome to the Lewis and Broad podcast, streaming from the corner of Lewis and Broad Street here in LaGrange, Georgia. Lewis and Broad is a storytelling podcast where we share the lives and tales of people and local organizations from our small town. My name is Leighton Parker, the director of Lewis and Broad, and here are your hosts, Pastor James Goodlett and Pastor Jan Tolbert. Welcome back, everybody, to the Lewis and Broad podcast, episode number 33. My name is James Goodland. I'm one of the pastors here at First Presbyterian Church. I am sitting beside my good friend and colleague, the Reverend Jan Stewart Tolbert. Jan, how are you doing today? James, I'm doing well, but it really causes me concern that you use reverend in such an irreverent way. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm an irreverent guy. I mean, what can I say? But look, let's let's be clear. You're not the most reverent of people. You're pretty irreverent yourself. Come on now. You got me. Yep. I mean, seriously. You got me. Right. It's a good day, James. It's a, it's yes. a beautiful day. to the day. original question. Right. I think we just, what, the first day of spring was yesterday? That is true. Things are looking beautiful as I drive to LaGrange in the mornings. It's Things are blooming, and yep, we're headed to a beautiful spring. No complaints here. March Madness is... Well underway, I know Jan was saying in, in our uh, pre-production meeting that she died a little bit when uh, the Auburn Tigers were eliminated last night. My wife felt the same way. Yeah, I thought they might win this year. But that's the thing, March giveth and March taketh, at least if you're an Auburn fan. Now, March just taketh if you're a Georgia <laughs> Tech fan like me. It just taketh and... Taketh and taketh. Taketh and taketh. It's, there's no hopeth in marcheth when you're a Georgia Tech faneth. Anyways, we're really getting off to a huge start here. Leighton Parker, producer, director, creator, writer. She's also with us. Leighton, how are we doing today? I'm great. What's going on, Leighton? Staying busy here at Lewis and Broad? You got big announcements coming up? Very, very busy. We're having a benefit music festival on May 1st. Where? At Pure Life Studios. What's it called? It's called Listen LaGrange. And all proceeds are going towards Circles of Troop County. So it's, in essence, a music festival that is fighting poverty, correct? It's a benefit music festival. Family-friendly. With? Food, beer, wine. All the things. <laughs> it's going to be a big day, y'all. May the 1st, 2 to 6, Pure Life Studios. Listen, LaGrange, a music festival to fight poverty. Hope all of y'all have it on your calendars. And as she said, all proceeds go into Circles of Troop County. Also, hope y'all will check us out on lewisandbroad.org. That is where you can find information not only about this music festival, but all of our stories, all of our podcasts. We have more than one podcast. We have another one called Catechesis, which takes a look at the scripture for each week that will be preached in worship here at First Presbyterian Church. So check it out. Again, lewisandbroad.org. And we have another one. Kerygma. Kerygma is our weekly release podcast of the preached word. So if you want to hear the message from Sunday, check it out. Kerygma means proclamation, if you're wondering. We're not just making that word up. It's <laughs> Greek. And catechesis. What does catechesis mean, Jan? You know what it means? Let's see. Come on, you, you memorized all of Greek. I know that like when we do catechism, we teach. We teach. It means to teach. It's teaching. Yes, <laughs> that's right. 
So if you want to get a little background on whatever the scripture is for the week, you can listen to catechesis. If you want to hear the preached word, the message for the week, listen to charisma. And if you want to hear our shenanigans here at Lewis and Broad, well, you're in the right place. Now, we talked a little bit about Listen LaGrange, one of the artists at Listen LaGrange on May the 1st is our guest today. Her name is Lauren Hicks. She is a native of Manchester, Georgia. She is a singer-songwriter. She is currently a student with eyes held firmly upon graduation, which is a huge celebration to be sure. Lauren Hicks, thank you so much for joining us on Lizzie Oh, thank you so much for having me. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Lauren. How'd you get into music? Where'd this whole journey begin? So, I mean, I've been singing ever since I can remember. I got my first guitar when I was 11 years old. And I think from that moment forward, I started singing kind of in a gospel trio with my mom and my sister. And at the time, my mom was working at a local nursing home. So we would sing at that nursing home every week. And then that just kind of went into us singing a lot at my church. And eventually, once I was good enough at guitar and good enough at singing in front of people. I was uh, leading worship at my church alongside our main worship leader. And I did that for about six years. So I always, always knew that music was something that I loved and I wanted to pursue. But I am very thankful that my family was so encouraging of that. Lauren, I'm curious. I'm a great fan of guitar music. And what kind of guitar do you play? I wonder. I really, so I just play acoustic rhythm mainly. I really just wanted to learn an instrument to support myself as a singer and writer. I do enjoy playing, but I will not say that I am a super advanced guitarist. I've heard you on Spotify. You sound really good. I was uh, really interested in what brand guitar you enjoy using. Uh, Yes, um, I have a Fender acoustic. I named him Steve, which, you know, that was what I named him when I was 11 years old, and it kind of stuck. Steve the guitar. Yeah, and it's it's funny. I actually named him Steve Martin, even though he's a Fender. Even though he's a Fender. (laughs) Steve Martin might be uh, upset with that. Well, Steve Martin is quite the banjo player. I'm sure he plucks the guitar a little bit. What about, what were some musical influences of yours when you first started out playing? Oh, gosh, Taylor Swift. (laughs) I mean, like I said, I was 11 when I started playing guitar, so... All I would listen to is Taylor Swift, and I just wanted to be her. And I think it's so cool that as she's grown as an artist and she's kind of ventured out in her genres, I've grown up and I've done the same thing. So she's been a huge inspiration. I think lately, more of my inspirations have been more of the indie genre. Definitely like Phoebe Bridgers, Julian Baker, that kind of music. Very slow, emotional, oftentimes sad, (laughs) Um, but just so well communicated. I, I love that kind of music. And I definitely think that's what I write. I write honest music that kind of communicates things people can't necessarily communicate themselves, but they relate to it. So. Yes, I think music has a very special way of helping us relate and create stories that touch people, just not only in their head, but in their heart. Absolutely. Lauren, tell me a little bit about your experience as a student at LaGrange College and particularly in your music major. Yes, it has been so wonderful here. I have learned so much. My voice has improved so incredibly thanks to my wonderful 
voice teacher, Dr. Jarman. My guitar skills have improved. I had to take four semesters of piano, which was frustrating, but I did it. And now I can, now I can play some piano, which is great. And I also, I actually started out as a musical theater major because I did not think I was good enough for music because I actually didn't know how to read music going into college. I learned chord charts and I wrote and I played guitar, but I didn't, I didn't read music. And so coming in, I was like, I can't do, I can't be a music major because I can't do that. So I started out as musical theater and I was like, oh gosh, I can't dance. Maybe this isn't for me either. (laughs) And then Dr. Anderson, the head of the music department at the time, heard a few songs that I had written and she was like, Lauren, we, we've got to get you in the music department. And I was like, Dr. Anderson, I can't read music. She's like, that's what theory's for. You can absolutely learn how to read music, but we need you to be a part of this department because your songs are good. So they welcomed me with open arms and I'm now a music major with a theater minor. And it has been so wonderful getting to learn the studio and how the studio works. I never really uh, thought myself as much of a producer, and I still don't, but it's nice to kind of know the ropes a little bit. So that's been cool. And learning the theory part of it, I was like, oh my gosh, this all makes so much sense. I don't know why I didn't learn it earlier, (laughs) but that has definitely helped me as a writer, writing musically. One of my favorite things about attending LaGrange College is the duality of it because like I said I did come to be in theater and I was kind of worried that being a music major it was such a demanding major of me that I wouldn't really have time to participate in theater but the music department and the theater department work so closely together and I was able to kind of do both I was able to take acting classes and I was still able to take dancing classes which is great because I've improved in that as well And I've been in so many of the shows here. And I think overall, all of it, every class that I've taken, acting, movement, theory, it has all helped me be a better performer. I know how to be on stage and I feel more confident in my abilities. So I think that's probably been the highlight of going to such a small school where the professors really care about you. They really care about your education. And, you know, they're willing to say, yeah, you're a music major, but come be in the musical, you know, come be in, in our play. And I've really loved that. We need to loop LaGrange College in on this. She just did a <laughs> right? nice little sell job, recruiting job, recruiting for, job. <laughs> for the college. I have a question for you as a, as a young artist yes. uh, in the age of COVID. Yes. <laughs> How did that, because you speak to it, and Leighton, everybody who's listening, Leighton Parker wrote our article today on on Lauren. It seemed that COVID did have some influence upon you as an artist. Can you speak to that? Yeah, absolutely. So I think I was a sophomore in college, second semester. And as a performance major, COVID comes and all of a sudden we're all wearing masks. And then it's like, oh, how am I going to perform wearing a mask? And then all of a sudden we were all sent home and I'm like, wait a second, I'm in choir, I'm in voice class, I'm taking guitar lessons, I'm doing all of these, you know, hands-on things that I should really be on a stage doing and I'm having to do them in my bedroom via Zoom, you know? And so that was so difficult. <laughs> I really think the college did a great job of making it work. You know, Dr. Anderson, Dr. Turner, everyone was so determined to make sure that we got the best education possible, even when we did move online. We did video compilations where everyone would kind of record themselves singing and then 
Paul Hammock would kind of edit it together and we would still be able to post that and promote, which was really cool. You know, I just remember sitting in my bedroom singing through my headphones doing that project. I remember getting on my phone, using my voice memos to sing my alto part for the choir to turn it in so that I could get a grade for choir. And, you know, it was scary because as a sophomore, I was like, am I really going to get the full education that I need? Um, as a performance major when I can't actually perform. And by the time I graduate, are things going to be back to normal? And will I be able to find jobs? And I think that was the hardest thing to battle um, mentally as an artist. But I will say one thing that it did do was it helped my creativity, um, kind of the isolation with my guitar. Um, I wrote so much during that phase of quarantine that I don't think I would have written otherwise. So I am thankful for that time um, and how it did improve me as an artist and as a person and how we all kind of had to learn how to adapt when things don't go how you think they're going to go. It's been interesting because I think, you know, in the world that we spin in, we know how COVID impacted us, but it's hard to sometimes think about all the places that people mm-hmm. were so impacted by the isolation and the mask wearing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Lauren, I was also curious because I find these music television shows so fascinating, these competitions. Yes. I was wondering what your thoughts are about, you know, those things. The voice is a favorite one of mine, but, you know, I'd love to You've hear You've asked you. this question before. This is... This uh, is here's, here's a little rant. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, go, go for it. Let's do this. Buckle up, everybody. So, when I was 16 years old, I actually auditioned for The Voice in Nashville. And when I was 18 years old, I auditioned for The Voice once again in Atlanta. It was a very fun experience. Would not trade it for the world. But it was very humbling. got there and I sang in a room with nine other people. And, um, you know, everyone in that room looked different than me, sang different from me. And I would hear them call back people and I was never called back. And, you know, I would, I would cry about it because I was 16 and 18 years old. So I was like, oh no, you know, my dream was crushed or whatever. And I just sat there and I thought there were three judges in that room. And it's just so subjective because it's a TV show. Right. And I think they care not about your sound as much as they do how you look, your backstory, um, mm. you know, how interesting you are to be on television. And if your talent matches everything else, then you can make it to the next round. And that was kind of frustrating for me because, you know, as a 16-year-old, I had braces. I was so geeky looking. <laughs> um, you know, I had a face for the radio. But, <laughs> <laughs> and you know... I do enjoy watching those shows and I'm so happy for the people who do make it. Um, and I know that it gives them great careers, but I will say I don't have a competition voice. I am an alto uh, in my own right. And I kind of sing more emotional songs than I do just felt my heart out. And that's not the kind of voice that they want on a competition show. They want people who can, you know, belt their lungs out and really, impress the audience and be a showstopper and that's not that's not really the kind of voice I have so I kind of had to grow and accept that and be like this is the kind of artist I am which was hard to accept because of course I want to be the showstopper 
it sounds like you've kind of, though you understand it inside and out. Yeah. That kind of show as well as you understand your own gifts and talents. And I applaud you for that. It was, it was definitely something I had to come to terms with Mm -hmm. because I was like, you know, I, I had to stop comparing myself to all these other artists. This is the third episode this season, and two of our three have been on some sort of television talent show, music, you know, I can't remember where our first one was, America's Got Talent or something like that, or oh, American wow. Idol, I don't remember. Either way, it's it's fascinating to hear y'all's side of it, and so so we've heard a little bit then about what you think of, of those shows. What about music today overall? What are your thoughts on it? Pop music is not really, I mean, I don't really listen to pop. I don't really listen to the radio much, but I do love how diverse today's music is. I love that Spotify is so accessible and you can listen to whoever you want to listen to. You don't just have to sit there and listen to the pop hits play over and over. Because like I said, I'm really a fan of indie music and I love people like Phoebe Bridgers and, you know, Taylor Swift is my is my pop person. I will say that. Um, but I love Phoebe Bridgers and Julian Baker and people like that. So I love that I can pick up my phone and listen to any kind of genre that I want. And it doesn't have to be solely like pop music. I think that because it's so accessible to people to be able to make music, that a lot of music is out there. And I think that is a good thing in a lot of ways because a lot of different genres are being recognized and um, being loved but in the same way you know it makes it harder for the artists trying to get their name out there because you know everyone gets a laptop and gets logic and they're producing music and it just becomes that much more of a competition to people trying to become independent artists so yeah that's kind of what I think about today's music well, that's interesting, and thank you for sharing it. I'm wondering, too, Lauren, what are your hopes and dreams moving forward in life of music? Gosh, I would love to write and perform. I don't I don't want to be super famous. I don't think that's the life for me. I think I have too much anxiety for that. But um, I just want to be able to make a living doing what I love, and I want to say the words that other people can't and I want to be able to communicate the things that I feel to other people who are feeling those things and didn't know how to put those things into words you just described the life of a preacher (laughs) that's awesome I didn't even think about that wow it's interesting you said that because I was knowing your background a little bit in the intersection of your music and faith and and in some senses it's it's almost like you're you're sensing a calling to music. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Can you speak to that? I was curious about that. I mean, gosh, there wasn't a desire for anything else. I mean, that came out kind of weird. I was I was okay in school, you know. I not great at math, but I passed. I was interested in the other things. I was good enough at them, but gosh, music was just what set my soul on fire. It just was. Music was how God spoke to me. Music was how you know, I discovered who I was as a person by hearing how other people, you know, experienced things and put those into words. And I was like, I want to do that. I want to write things that make people feel how I feel when I listen to this. And I just think it's such, you can make such a big influence doing 
what I do, doing music. And I'm so honored that I get to do it because gosh, who would have thought, like, why would I, you know, why would people want to be influenced by me? I don't know. But I'm very thankful that this is what was chosen for me because there's, there's just nothing else when there was no question in my mind that I wanted to major in music. Well, stay with it because obviously you're on the right track. Yes, ma'am. And oh, God has definitely showed me that, you know, as hard as it has been, especially with COVID, God has opened every door, just showing me that I am on the right path. And in the moments where I forget why I love what I do, he's always there to remind me. Good. Keep paying attention, okay? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> that's that's how I respond to a lot of what Jan says, is just, just say yes, ma'am. And yeah, <laughs> it's true. And And I'll say... What I think is so cool is that your place in this in this world in terms of your art, your music, is to give voice to the voiceless, to the people yeah. who feel like that they might be alone in something. And it sounds to me like what you're trying to do is say, no, you're not alone in this. Hear me when I say or sing this, that you are not alone in this. And I do, because I do struggle with mental illness, I have depression and anxiety, and that is communicated in a lot of my music because there have been moments where I feel so alone, and the only way that I've been able to feel better was to write something. And I did tell Leighton about this in our last interview. I wrote this song recently called Ghosts in My Room, and it talks about trying to find God when you're in the midst of a depressive episode. And people can interpret it in as many different ways as they need to. But I feel like the people who are feeling how I was feeling in that moment where they're depressed and the only way that they can feel close to God is imagining that somehow he is this ghost presence in your room sympathizing with you. That's the only way you can do it to feel close to him because everything feels so far away because it's the hole that you're in. Um, and so I really, I really love that song. I think it speaks to depression and to religion and kind of struggling in that. But yeah, a lot of my songs are about mental illness, about relationships, everything, you know. I love being able to do that and being able to take how I'm feeling and write about it. Well, thank you for doing that. And also thank you for your honesty here with us today. Of course. Tell me where people can find you to go hear this wonderful stuff you're creating. Yes, I am on all music streaming platforms. My EP is called Four P A U R by Lauren Higgs. That was an EP I wrote when I was 16 years old, and I got it produced my freshman year of college. I'm definitely due for new music, and it is in the process. I am writing, 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 and I have plans with my producer to release new stuff. So if everyone will go ahead and follow me and expect new music very soon. I love the teases here on Lewis and Broad. <laughs> That's awesome. Can't wait to hear it. Lauren Hicks, everybody, will be performing at Lewis and Broad's Listen LaGrange, a music festival to fight poverty. Again, I would remind you that is on May the 1st from 2 to 6. Look forward to uh, meeting you in person, Lauren, and also to hearing you and your music, your new music. Yeah. That's very, very exciting. So thank you again for joining us today. And, and I do echo what Jan said. Thank you for your honesty and your vulnerability yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Part of the work that we do here on this podcast is naming the things that maybe people are, are want to talk about. 
and mm -hmm. destigmatizing mental illness is a thing. That is that Absolutely. is something we, as a culture, as a church, need to do. We all have something that we carry, and I, I applaud you for sharing that and expressing it through your music. So thank you so much. Thank Lord. you. Well, next week, everybody, we are off because there's a little thing called spring break. Spring break 2022. I say that like I'm going to cruise the strip at Panama City. I, I am a father of two married. I am just going to have a nice, quiet spring break. Are you going to do anything next week, Jan? Just not spring break for me, James. Well, look, I won't be here, so that's kind of a vacation. Well, there right? is that, right, yes. And I know Leighton's headed to a coastal area somewhere, so that's going to be good. So all of which is to say we will not be here next week, but we will return in two weeks time and look forward to dropping episode number 34. Leighton, why don't you tell us who our guest will be that day? April 4th, Daniel Tool will be joining us. Daniel Tool, look forward to having y'all join us. As always, remember who and whose you are and take care, everybody. Can't wait for y'all to join us next time. See you later. Thanks for joining us this week on Lewis and Broad. Make sure to visit our website at fbclagrange.org slash lewisandbroad where you can read our articles and subscribe to our show in iTunes and Spotify. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, we'd appreciate a rating. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Until next time.